You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Hi everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We've got such an exciting episode coming up. Today we're going to be talking to Lindy Cohen, also known as the Nude Nutritionist. And Lindy is a media dietitian, founder of Keep It Real program and also author. Lindy is known for her no diet BS approach, inspiring her audience to eat simple and fuss-free healthy food. And all you have to do is spend five minutes with Lindy and you'll know why she inspires millions to be happy, healthy and body positive. So thank you so much for being here, Lindy. I'm so excited to chat to you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for such a lovely intro. I am I'm flattered and I'm um, so excited to be here. Um, I think the podcast is absolutely awesome. I've been listening to all the episodes and getting inspired from all my fellow colleagues. So I'm honored to be here. Thanks, Lindy. And I got to say, I, I feel like I almost know you a little bit because um, I see you on TV and follow you on Insta. And also, we're both South Africans. So I feel like there's yes. some commonality here. <laughs> so much commonality. So yeah. much commonality. And that's the power of social media, isn't it? Mm. And uh, I do try to be try to keep it real online as well. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And I love your approach and all of, um, I get the impression all of your followers and as I said, millions absolutely love your approach as well. And so I'm really looking forward to getting to know you a bit more during this chat and also um, hearing more about your story, which has really um, inspired your work from what I understand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so to kick us off, I thought maybe you could um, just like let us know what three words that describe you are. <laughs> um, all right. So first up, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty outgoing. You know, the, you got the extroversion scale. I'm pretty far on the extra extroversion, um, and so I think that kind of lends itself to what I do. It, for me, it's my my default setting. I love talking to people. Um, you know, at school, I was always too talkative, and you know, nowadays I'm, I'm I found a way to get paid for being too talkative. <laughs> so yeah, pretty outgoing. Um, I'd say I'm a bit like MacGyver you know, that's, that's my next word. If I can use MacGyver, you know, I don't have a mullet, but, um, and I don't save the world with like a safety pin or anything like that, but I I tend to be a little bit innovative. I like to think of things in a slightly different way or or try to be open-minded to, to new ways of doing something that's been done before, you know, just because it's been done a certain way doesn't mean I think you need to keep doing it that way. Um, particularly in dietetics where we're such a new profession that there's so much that we can innovate and so much that we can do. So that excites me. Um, and I'm pretty open. Like I, um, yeah, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve and what you see is what you get. And, um, you know, I think it's hard with social media, you know, where do you draw the line between oversharing and, and sharing? But, you know, if it's relevant to my audience, I'm not afraid of being imperfect so that people can go, oh, you know, me too. I can also relate to that. And, um, you know, I'm not alone. And this is someone who actually understands me. And so, yeah. Yeah. Ask away. Ask me any questions you need to ask me. I love that, Lindy. And, and being open certainly does shine through in your social media and also on TV. And um, I feel like that helps you uh, connect with your audience so well. 
Yeah. You yeah. know, I think there's that, that power in the vulnerability and, and being, you know, no one wants to follow someone who's already got everything sorted when they feel like they're struggling. Um, yeah. It's okay to, you know, as dietitians, not to have everything sorted, but to kind of go, hey, listen, this is what I'm thinking and what I'm working on at the moment. And people can go, okay, cool, let me come along with you. Totally, so, yeah. yeah. And so why did you decide to be a dietitian? Uh, Kate, I would like, I would love to be able to tell you I was passionate about nutrition and, and that's what got me started. But if I'm really honest, it's, it's more that I, I grew up being obsessed with losing weight and there's a big difference, obviously, you know, it, it starts pretty young. I was, I was six years old when I realized that um, my body structure was a little bit bigger than the other kids. It didn't seem to be a problem until I hit puberty, which is about 10 or 11. Um, and that's when I saw my first nutritionist. Um, I remember going along to this, she was a dietitian as well. I remember going along to the session and you know, getting the talk of, hey, listen, you're actually within the healthy weight range, but I understand that you probably want to be slimmer. So here's a goal mm -hmm. weight for you to aim for. And here's some foods that you should be eating. And here's what portion size looks like. And, and, and this is a meal plan. So already from the age of 11, I was kind of going, all right, this is what I need to weigh. This is what I need to look like. Um, and the obsession started from from there, really, um, I I could tell you the calories of absolutely every food there was. I had special food for my brothers. I had, um, you know, certain rules that I was developing in my mind. I'd read fitness magazines, um, any magazine really. And unfortunately, as as what happens when people become obsessed is um, it doesn't make you eat healthier. Um, I just started to feel deprived. Um, and by the time I got to fifteen, my deprivation had basically caused me to to be an emotional eater. I'd, I'd try to be good all day. But by the time I got home from school, I was ravenous, uh, deprived. So then I'd start to eat food. And then I'd start to eat food in private, in secret, because mm -hmm. I felt ashamed of the fact that I didn't have enough willpower or self-control. And then, you know, I'd lie in bed and I'd feel guilty and I'd have to start again the next morning. So, mm -hmm. you know, by the time I was 15, I was actually now technically overweight. Now it felt like it was a problem. I started seeing another dietitian. Um, who's referred to as the Nazi in my community because um, she scares you into losing weight and that's why people pay her. Um, and I saw her every week from the age of 15, um, which is pretty extreme, mm, to be honest. So young. Yeah, and then things got worse from there. I got, became more aggravated. I'd lose weight and even when I lost weight, it wasn't enough. It never felt mm. like enough weight. And then I just yo-yo from there. Mm. By the time I got to 17, I graduated school and I was certain I was going to become a di dietitian for very warped reasons. Um, and so I started the course and it was amazing through through studying about nutrition and actually understanding well, actually food's way more complicated than just calories mm. in or calories out. It was amazing. By the time I got to 21 and I graduated, I was I was amazed. I, and it opened up a whole new world for me going, okay, you know what? I don't think you should practice the way that you were you were introduced to mm -hmm. as a, by other nutritionists and dietitians. There's another way. Um, and so I became a non-diet dietitian. I, I decided that I was going to work on my own relationship with food first before I was able to kind of help other people. Um, and I guess that's why I'm so passionate about my area and what I do because I – I, I know it. So that's my reason. That's why I yeah. became 
uh, dietitian. And I got to say, Lindy, um, I do remember when you posted about your story. Uh, Might have been a year or two ago, and um, and I think you were you were discussing it on TV. And I just thought it was so brave of you to be able to um, open up about that. And it's so um, so clear that your passion has come from lived experience and from your mm-hmm. own kind of struggles and knowing that you can that you can totally help people in a different way to what was considered um, okay or normal when you were younger. That's it. That's yeah. it. I think for dietitians, we've just got to keep evolving so that we're giving, mm. giving the best practice and yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wondered, so that's obviously helped you kind of form your no diet BS approach and also, um, you know, your, your food philosophy so um, I wondered maybe if you could tell us more about like how that comes through in your Keep It Real program and a little bit more about that. Yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, my approach to food, my Keep It Real approach, I wanted to call um, my program exactly what I thought it was, which is, you know, let go of the dieting bullshit. You know, no need to buy expensive superfoods or, you know, sell a kidney to kind of be able to afford that. That's so not necessary. Um I designed the program for for real people who wanted, you know, real food and uncomplicated and without the the body goals and the aspirational before and after photos. So, keep it real program it took me about six months to build. Um, it's a pretty video heavy program, um, and it's it's got a really specific target audience. Um, it's for anyone who struggles with their weight in the exact same way I did, who, who wakes up and, and it feels like they have to start all over again and then, um, overeats and, and feels like their willpower is failing them. So it was interesting because developing keep it real program was really, um, I did a lot of research into it. Um, and I really wanted to understand who I was speaking to. And I think, you know, it's really important for dietitians to have a niche. And I feel like, you know, if I check out other people's websites, so often I see, um, you know, I'm a dietitian and I help people with like 10 different conditions. And just because you can help people with 10 different issues, um, I think there's real value in kind of going, I want to, I'm going to become the best at this one area. Um, and I think people will you know, have, you'll have wait lists then and people will travel. And I think I, I wish more dietitians were quite niche. Anyway, so the program's pretty niche. It's, it's for that, that I know exactly who they are. I did qualitative and quantitative research by social media, you know, survey monkey, like any way I could get my hands on it. And I started to really understand what I was creating and why. Um, I, I, you know, I had a lot of people kind of going, I, I hear your story. I can relate. Um, and so I wanted to really make a program that I thought would help people who don't have access to a dietitian, um, get support for emotional eating, um, for overeating, for, you know, these feelings of going, I, I feel like I've tried everything. That is exactly who the program is for. So, um, it was, it was really about gaining access to the information that people needed because, uh, you know, when I started it, um, non-diet is definitely growing, but it's still at the same time, I wanted to kind of give people, um, that easy option to get the, the support they needed. Yeah. And that definitely shows the, the innovation part of you being able to do an online course. Cause like you said, it does give access and it's certainly, um, a very novel way of being a dietitian and, and reaching people. Reaching. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you know, using technology to yeah, teach. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's scary. I got to point that put that out there because um, you know, there's not many examples to lead off. Um, but I think being scared is probably a good thing sometimes. I think you're setting the example. You're a role model for that area, a role model for your niche, and also with using something like an online course to help people. Yeah. Oh, 
thanks. Still, still growing. Yeah. Still always trying to look at yeah. what I can do. And I gotta say, um, I did. I watched the promo video for your Keep It Real course, and it honestly it gave me chills because of how real it was, and how I felt like you actually you were speaking to me. So you're speaking to whoever's listening, um, in and maybe yeah has had struggles, and um, it's just it's a very almost even though it's a video course, it's a very personal approach still. So because of the way you're you've communicated through it, so. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Yeah, and I wondered if you could tell us. So you're the um, you're the media dietitian for the Today Show. I wondered if you could tell us, um, you know, what you've learned since being in that position. Oh wow! Um, So that that's a role that I love, and I get to share it with Dr. Joanna McMillan, who I fangirl over every time I see her. You (laughs) know, I I can't speak (laughs) when I see her. I just get like really excited. Um, anyway, so I've learned a lot in that role. You know, when I first started, it was about two years ago and I was so nervous and I was pretty terrible. I watched back the videos and I really, you know, it's pretty painful. Um, but I think only by, by getting stuck in there and doing the things that you find really hard and really scary, are you going to get better? So, um, I found with today's show, or not even just today's show, working with the media, you know, whether it's Daily Mail or any magazine, um, you need to be really mindful about what the journalist is trying to achieve. Um, you got to realize they're on really tight deadlines. Um, they don't know anything about nutrition. And often um, they'll pitch you in an idea that might lead you to give a comment that you don't feel comfortable with. And, um, and it's scary to kind of go, actually, I don't even think that entire concept is valid, you know, and that'll mm-hmm. often happen where I go, uh, that's, I mean, secretly I'm thinking that's a pretty stupid story. Um, but of course I'm try to be a bit more tactful and go, Hey, how about we talk about it like this? Cause, mm-hmm. um, they'll just often pick up some random article in the news and try run with it. So I guess it's up, up to us to kind of go, Hey, this is the science and this is what I know. Um, here's a consumer friendly version that we can kind of, you know, people can chew on. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, if you want to work in the media, there's some really key things. A, you're probably not going to get paid. So you need some really good um, revenue income streams that are going to be really great for you. And the other thing is if you do want to do it, you have to become a really good source. It's all about these relationships. So, you know, keeping, um, keeping close with certain people and, and meeting their deadlines and being, you know, communicative and um, trying to over deliver, I think. And I think that just kind of secures you and, um, yeah, it makes you their go-to. And even though you don't always get paid for um, for media appearances, do you think it's good to open up opportunities and doors for other areas? Yeah, absolutely. And I reckon, you know, at some point you do get paid. So, yeah, um, which is nice, I'm you, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's always like oh, that's, a, that's a bit of a cool moment when yeah. you start getting paid for something you really love. But, yeah. you know, certainly for those first few years I was definitely not getting paid for writing or going on TV. So um, <laughs> you've got to do it for the love and because totally. you want to get better at it. Um, and as I said, those revenue streams are absolutely crucial um, so that you can be giving up 20% of your time. Um mm. You know, that's one day a week. Think yeah. about it. To we, pursue something like this. And I mean, we all we've all got bills to pay, don't we? So yeah, got to be realistic about it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, nutrition. What what we are actually, we're business owners. Yeah. Most of us, unless you're employed, and that's a very small percentage of us, we run a business first and foremost. And um, you know, you've got to be, you've got to help people, but you've got to be savvy about it and help you mm. help yourself first. Um, you know, I know we've talked about it a lot on the, on the podcast that, you know, business is super e- essential. Um, this year for me, I'm really focusing on trying to be 
not shy away from my finances. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing my tax and it's too hard and it feels like overwhelming. Um, And I kind of think that's how how some people see food, you know. Um, Yeah, that's actually... Every day is like they need to eat, but it feels like too hard and too overwhelming, Mm -hmm. so I'd rather not. Same thing with finances. It is an, you know, it's an essential part of life. You can't get past it. So you may as well learn how to get good yeah. at it um, and give it a bit of attention. You know, when you, when you get good at something, it starts to feel fun. Yeah, that's such a great analogy, Lindy. Um, yeah, there were, I'm sure there would be people who feel the way about food, the way we might do about business or going yeah. business. Yeah, you're so, you're so right. And there are definitely accountants who feel the same way we do yeah. about finance, about food. <laughs> totally, totally. And so I wondered if you could tell us more about your book deal, which is so yes. exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I'm super, I'm super excited for that. So I'm just finishing it up at the moment. It's out in January and it's, it's basically, well, it's, it's called The Nude Nutritionist. I hope I can tell you that. If not, I just told you that. So. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs> I know, neither. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited about that because it's basically going to give access to people to to the real basics, you know, mm-hmm. without the bullshit. And it kind of goes through a whole lot of myth busting. Um, and there's a real focus on um, eating foods that make you feel good, tuning into your body, intuitive eating, and also about loving your body. Um, because I think that's a really hard struggle, you know, this idea that you need to lose weight to, to be okay with your body um, when actually you just need to decide that enough's enough. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's really practical as well. I think that's the thing I really try to include in it is kind of giving people real strategies that they can use. And there's recipes in there as well. Um, putting together a book is insanely time-consuming. Yeah. And just a heads up, if anyone ever does want to write a book, it's not about the money because – I don't know anyone who's made money from writing a book. It is, um, it's about getting the message out there. I think that's how I feel. And I just, I want more people to have that aha moment that I remember having that, um, you know, to be honest, changed my life. Um, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sharing that information with things that I know up to this point. Yeah. That's so great, Lindy. Um, I gotta say, I love your recipes. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love how simple they are. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to buy thousands of ingredients and you don't have to go to special places to get them. So it really shines through in your recipes, but they're always so colorful, um, and nourishing. And I remember once you said, put sesame seeds on a meal to make it look fancy. And that's basically yes. what I do now. <laughs> oh my goodness. People have no idea. They're like, like they're just like bamboozled <laughs> by your creativeness and it's a simple hack. Yeah. Um, thank you. You know, I don't know if I ever thought recipes was going to be the thing I ever did because I finished uni and I could not cook. <laughs> um, and, and I think for me, I don't have a dishwasher at home. I live in this really tiny, mm. this tiny little kitchen. I don't want to clean up a lot. Um, I don't want to have to make two stops at the grocery store. I think I'm kind of being a bit selfish with my recipes because I'm like, if I won't do it and I'm kind of busy and a bit lazy, to be honest, it's not going to happen. And so, you know, that's the whole keep it real thing. Keep it simple. Keep it quick. um, But keep it good for you. You know, tomatoes are an awesome underrated food and, you know, you don't need to have goji berries and, you know, wacky powders just stick to the simple good stuff. Totally love it. And I I get the impression your audience really loves that about, um, your recipes as well. They're simple and they're so in line with how they want to live their lives. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's a cool thing about social media is there's um, 
a lot of bullshit out there, but there's also a lot of amazing people. And I, mm. I, you know, like I'll scroll and I'll look at my followers and I go, oh my goodness, I got such cool people following me. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal. Yeah. And I think it's, well, certainly from my point of view, it's because we absolutely love your approach. You're um, so inspiring to, um, oh, I'm going to say be around, but be around virtually, I should say. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're just, you're so real and um, I love it. And I'm sure your audience loves it as well. Oh, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you're, You've done so many amazing things. You're doing so many amazing things. Um, I wondered what has been the biggest pinch me moment of your career so far. Oh, okay. That is a good question. The biggest pinch me moment. Um, you know, there's there's been a whole lot of highlights along the way that I really try to just celebrate. It was interesting because when I came out of university, there was no part of me that felt com- – you know, my university did a great job um, – really, I think they did. But I came out of uni and I wasn't super confident the fact that I could be a practitioner. You know, I knew that I had training wheels on. I was really conscious of the fact. Um, and so the biggest pinch me moment is probably when I started seeing patients and I started to to grow that confidence. And I think it was really important that I, I that I didn't shy away and go, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not good enough yet. I'm not perfect enough yet. Because I was the only way to get to a point where you are confident is to start practicing. So um, I, I just think it took a lot, it takes a lot of guts to do that, um, to kind of go out on your own and go, oh, you know, I'm just going to give this a go and do the best I can and learn along the way. So it may not be one of those like career highs, but I look back at it now and go, hey, hey, little kid, you. <laughs> Yeah, you make me proud. So um, yeah, so it really kind of shaped you moving forward. Would you say? Yeah, it yeah. made it made me go. You know, it's all right to kind of suck a little, and then and then get better, and and be resilient, and to to learn. I mean, I, my business has is five years old now, and I can't tell you the the amounts of pivots that I've made along the way. Um, when one business structure isn't working, I pivot to another. I pivot to another. When I first started, I made no money. Like mm. honestly. It was hard, and I think you know that that need to need to make it work. Um, I I have this I have this um, thing that I believe is like if you keep doing the exact same thing um, and you expect a different outcome, then it's insanity. Yeah. So um, I kept just trying to change until I find, found what worked. Um, and to be honest, if anyone else, you know, you're going in your business and you're kind of going, Hey, this isn't working. Um, have a look at those finances, break it down and go, Hey, what could I do? What do I want to be doing? Um, and think about the, think about how, you know, you can realistically earn an income and make it easier mm-hmm. on your life because you can't help anyone if you can't pay your bills. Totally. Totally. And do you think it's important to kind of be smart about your finances as well or, your, or what you sign up to? Oh, it's essential. It's essential. I mean, for, for years, I actually saw patients from my home. I had like a little office that I had off my home because for me, not having to pay rent, that means that if clients canceled on me, which they do, yeah. um, I had far less over, overheads and that means that I could actually grow my business. And, mm. you know, um, you know, I've just used freelancers instead of, you know, working with people long term and, and just being really savvy along the way. Um, and I think I think it's I think it's pays off. It's paid totally. off. Yeah. Do you still see clients one on one, or are you focusing more on the bigger picture type projects? I actually don't see patients one on one anymore. Sure. And I did for what it's about four years. So I got that experience that I think I wanted. Yeah. And 
um, I went into eating disorders as well. And, um, you know, that area of people who are disordered, you know, I, I'm fascinated by that group. It's yeah. people who cannot be diagnosed as an eating disorder, but when you meet them, you clearly know they don't have a healthy relationship yeah. with food. And it's a huge number of people. So that yeah. was my passion point, still is my passion point. I um, I actually just couldn't see enough people in a day. And so I decided online works for me. And also um, now it's something I value in my life is flexibility, um, the ability to travel. And um, I would much rather, to be honest, film a video and, you know, 10,000 people see it using that hour of my time. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm keen on, getting that message out there. Totally. I love that. And I saw that you were in Berlin recently. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> my husband got a job in Berlin. Oh, wow. So I'm kind of cruising around enjoying this thing. Um, you know, it's a thing called life. More, yeah, this thing called life. A few more months of, of kind of exp- exploring that, and hopefully, cool. I'll head over to the UK. So, if anyone, any dietitians are in Europe, um, please get in contact with me because I'm in the, I'm in the hood, and I don't know many people. I need I need foodie friends, please. So yeah, cool. Let me know. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm in and out of Australia a lot as well. So I'm in a, I'm in Sydney at the moment. It's stunning here. Um, good to be home yeah lots of travel yeah yeah <laughs> we'll put um we'll put the links to like your social media and maybe um how to get into contact with you as well in our show notes so if anyone's listening to this hit yes, Lindy up please, please hit me up guys <laughs> we need international friends <laughs> I, do. I love it um so Lindy you've You've talked a lot today about your own journey and um, your own style and approach to um, eating. And I just wondered if you could share what makes you really happy and why. Okay, uh, you're asking me to think <laughs> the hard question. That's huge. That's philosophical. And I, it I actually, is. Oh, what, is, what makes me happy? Um, to be honest, um, uh, this is this is kind of something that I do. I, so I've got anxiety. I've, I was diagnosed with mm. clinical anxiety, which is kind of the turning point for me realizing that I couldn't go on living in this diet world. But anyway, um, I now have to manage my anxiety, and I, I it's you know it's an ongoing thing that I'll always have. And rather than just trying to pretend, you know, push it away and get angry with myself for being anxious, I have a lot of strategies that I have in place to make sure that I do feel happy. Um, I really am very clear on my social media hours um, because it's so addictive. Um, mm. My phone gets put away at like 8 p.m. I don't check it until after I've exercised in the morning. Um, on Mondays, Mondays tend to be a really anxious day for me. If I just if I jam pack my week too much, then um, I can't feel happy. So for me, it's sometimes about going, what do I not? What do I say yes to? But what can I say no to? Yeah. Um, what's the opportunity cost for me? Um, you know, and there's a whole lot of other things. For me, exercise is pretty crucial. I used to exercise to burn calories. And now for me, it's really about my mood. So even if that means I'm going for a really gentle, lovely walk, um, I'm trying to find ways to move my body. It's really joyful. And you know what? That makes me really happy. That balance. It's just um, for us dietitians trying to practice what we preach. It's hard at times, but, um, you know, that's, it's, it's fun learning. Um, I really like your point about, uh, you know, knowing when to say no and, and giving yourself some, some freedom, because I think, uh, there are a lot of people who think it's cool to always be so busy and not have time to look after themselves, but we're really kind of, um, and then there's a lot of thought leaders that are waking up to this and saying, it's not actually that cool to always be so busy and you've got to give yourself a break. 
So Absolutely. I really love that. Yeah. yeah. And I think you've always got to be thinking about if I say yes right now, A, will I resent it later? Um, and, and B, if I'm, going to, if, if I'm going to quote on a project, I need to give a price that I'm not going to resent later for, mm-hmm. because things always take longer than you think they're going to take. And if I do say yes, what am I missing out on? Am I missing out on, on life? What are my sacrifices here? If I'm getting paid, you know, a few hundred dollars now, um, how could I be using that time so that I'm, I'm setting myself so that I can have a, a more ongoing revenue stream in the future? So I think I'm always thinking about, all right, if I say yes now, what does that actually mean? Um, as a result, as I say no pretty often. Um, and I think that really does come down to value, valuing yourself. And I think at the beginning of my you know, career life, I was really not so great at doing that, but it takes practice. Um, just practice saying no and, um, you know, have your own little dialogue like, oh, you know, I'm really busy at the moment, but let's talk again a little bit later. Yeah. Um, it tends to be a pretty, a pretty good one. I feel pretty lucky that you said yes to this podcast then. <laughs> I'm pretty flattered that you asked me. So <laughs> No, I feel lucky. <laughs> so thank you, Lindy. My big pleasure. So to, to wrap us up, um, what is one quote that you live by? Oh, so many quotes to live by. Um, I think I love the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, which is do one thing every day that scares you. Um, so much about growing your career, um, is about expand expansion. If you're not feeling, and I'm not talking about like, you know, overwhelming, no, overwhelmingly being scared, like a little Mm. bit of, Ooh, this feels challenging and a bit tough. And I think anytime that happens, that's, that's expansion happening. That's going, okay, I'm growing a little bit. Um, so I'm really okay with putting myself in situations where I'm like, Oh, I think I'm a little bit out of my depth here. Um, but I'm going to feel the fear and I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I can't tell you the first time I went on TV, it was like the most earth shattering, <laughs> scarily, scary moment of my life. Um, but as you know, you know, each time I do it, it's, it becomes more and more fun. And, you know, now all those skills that I'm developing, it's, it's, I, they had to come from a place where I was a little bit challenged to do that. So that is something I try and do, particularly now living in Berlin in a foreign country and uh, all the challenges that go along with that, um, you know, writing a book and kind of going, oh, is it going to be good enough? And all those kind of things is kind of going, actually, you know, at some point you've got to not wait until you're ready. Um, you've got to kind of fake it till you make it and kind of go, hey, I'm going to start before I'm ready, put version 1.0 out there and, and grow from there because, um, yeah, that's how it's done. I love that, Lindy. Um and you like you'll never always be totally ready, will you? Because you'll yeah. always be growing. <laughs> totally, that's yeah. it. That's it. You know, I think about how did Beyonce become Beyonce, or how did yeah. uh, you know how does a president or a prime minister become who they are? They didn't wake up one day and go, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm Oprah." Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> no, Oprah started small and she grew and she grew and she grew, and um, so that you know, being Oprah every day didn't feel like hard work or struggle. Whereas to us, that's bizarre and crazy. Um, you know, so you just kind of grow into that role. And do you think it's about just being yourself as well? Absolutely. And, you know, I think so, you know, my job, what I do right now, I basically took the things that I knew I was kind of keen to do, I enjoy doing. So like growing up, I was always in acting school or musical theatre camp. And, you know, that was just the most fun for me. I love PDHP. So this is a natural progression. Um, you know, I've spoken to people like Nicole Senior, who 
I love. And she is such a great writer. And she said, yeah, like growing up, I was always writing. And I said, it's such a natural progression that that mm-hmm. is what she's doing. So I think so often in, in dietetics, we kind of go, oh, you know, this is what my job description is. And so this mm-hmm. is what I have to do. But find that thing that makes you unique um, and then pull that out because that's what's going to help you stand out from the crowd, um, which is hard to do at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it always is. But um, you gotta you got to be okay with so just sharing a little bit about yourself. People do want insights these days. They want to go, what are you cooking at the moment? I'm curious. Yeah. How do you make it work? Yeah. You know, those are the most popular things at the moment. So yeah. being a little bit open and being yourself, I reckon, I reckon it gets you far. Totally. And thanks, Lindy. Thank you so much for being so open today. And thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed this chat and um, it's just been such a great time. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, anytime, anytime, anytime you're in Sydney or Berlin. <laughs> yeah, um, we, should, <laughs> we should catch up. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. If you haven't already, we would love for you to check out the other episodes that we have available. We speak to trailblazers, dietitians who are doing amazing work within their practice and their businesses and also those who have really changed and advanced our profession. There's a whole library to choose from. And if you did enjoy the show, it would be so great if you could leave a review for us on iTunes and also uh, to pass this podcast on to your colleagues and friends. Thanks again for listening. 